This is John Summerall, head football coach at Troy. You're listening to the Fun Belt Podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It sounds a lot of fun. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Fun Belt Podcast with me. Oh, wait, before I, before I even move on with that, I want to mention that we're on the Believe Network, the most powerful podcasting network in the universe. And with me, as always, is Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record, Dusty Thibodeau from the Warhawk Report. Welcome back, guys. I am back. <laughs> After our brief sabbatical, I was, I was gone Wednesday. I really hate missing it. Got caught up in some stuff. But this weekend, pretty wild. Including some really wild, wild shit from James Madison, Kurt Segnetti, pulling out the cell phone, showing the refs, hey, you missed this call. Shane, what the heck? Oh, it, it was interesting. It was wild, as you said. Um, you know, Kurt <laughs> was apologetic today on the Sunbelt call for uh, yeah. you know, technically breaking some rules there, having a cell phone in his hand and showing it to the officials. It wasn't his cell phone. It was a, a, a young staff videographer for uh, JMU's, you know, social media accounts and stuff was the one who kind of, uh, kind of said, Hey, look at this. And then it, it, it went from there. It, it was fun. It was funny. <laughs> uh, I guess kind of no harm, no foul with a public reprimand from the league later, later on Monday. So, uh, um, who yeah, it was. The, who has what the difference stuff? does it make though for Signetti? He doesn't have an AD that can really drop the hammer on him. So he, yeah, he's going to bend and break <laughs> every rule he can. Well, yeah. and who has the stones to even reprimand Signetti? I'd be afraid to get that icy cold stare from the guy. Yeah, it was kind of funny that both Marshall and JMU got the the public reprimands from the league for for their technology this week. <laughs> Which... From what I understand, I think Tibbs has the lowdown on that one. Maybe you have the lowdown, but that was a, a, a for, I, I think we saw this infraction. UMass and New Mexico State first game of the year in week zero where they had the drone out at New Mexico State and they had to kind of chase it away. Because... But how great is the video footage? I don't know. Yeah. It might be tremendous. It might suck. <laughs> yeah. I understand the rule. I don't think the intention of the rule was to not get video of your team taking the field. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, don't 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 spy on the other team with a drone when they're out doing stuff. Not like, uh, not get a cool intro video. Yeah, yeah I, I learned that the hard way that you can't use electronics in games. Oh, you mean like, <laughs> you mean at Houston Astros when you're putting uh, vibrators in people's pants to? Easy there, Jeremy. <laughs> I think we're still children rated. Are we? <laughs> I don't know anymore. But no, yeah, you know, I, I think what they do, they call it a safety concern, right, Shane? That, you know, I don't know, something haywire will go with the drone or whatever. It's not licensed. No one knows where it comes from. I never really thought of it as a tool to steal signs, though. That's a good idea. Know. Yeah, I guess maybe that's the, the bigger issue. Who knows? Uh, I, I thought it was more like the technology of the, uh, yeah. the video, but... Do you think Keith Gill was out there with like a net chasing it? 
<laughs> like one of those butterfly nets that you used to catch like lunatics with? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That seems like something in his purview. There's the graphic we need for this week's show, Jeremy. All right, well, I'll work that out. Keith Gill chasing a drone with a with a net. Also, in news of the wacky, maybe you guys have a little more details than I have. But a Trident made its appearance at the Texas State game against Nevada. Big brouhaha's uh, social media. May it sound like some band member from the Bobcats hurled a Trident, kind of Anchorman style, at Nevada players. Like panic ensued, people thrown out of the game. That's not really what happened, though, right? Viva La Boobcat. How great is it that they steal the, I guess it was the turnover trident <laughs> that Nevada had. Oh. You leave it to the band. They steal the trident. They give it back to Nevada. I mean, it was a, a playful, forceful, make sure it gets their toss in the direction of the coach. Uh-huh. There was no harm. They were merely admitting their wrongs and returning the trident to Nevada. And when you throw a trident, it's kind of like throwing a frisbee, right? You got to commit. You can't just sort of half throw a trident. You've got to yeah. full shoulder to elbow extension, right? You got to make sure it gets there. Yeah. Or it's, it's like a dull knife. It's unsafe unless you hurl it correctly. But yes, the Anchorman references all weekend long were fantastic. Yeah. We're classic. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love Lamp. <laughs> uh, GJ Kinney. It should have been the guy who threw the threw the, the anchor. That would have been or not the anchor. I'm sorry. The the trident. That would have been that would have been an awesome page in his in his legend that he's creating that he's authoring every day. In San Marcos. But other than the wild and crazy guys, and actually we had some pretty good football. In fact, like like the first five or six games were like just big wins for the Sun Belt. It, it was kind of like it was just one after another, just knocking them out left and right. So without further ado, Tibbs, why don't we run them down? Why don't you put up the big list? Thursday night. Darren Granger did Darren Granger things as the Panthers yeah. moved to 4 0, first time in program history. They beat the shots. Does yeah. that mean that Darren Granger is now the face of the Sun Belt and the premier quarterback of the league since he downed Grayson Golden Child McCall? I think there are still candidates out there for that. But yeah, I, I, I kind of think it has to be Granger, right? And the other story to this is, are the are the Chanticleers cooked? I mean, we kind of said it amongst ourselves that maybe Jamie Chadwell was kind of moving on to greener pastures while the getting was good. Uh, you know, they didn't look too good against Georgia State. I mean, they kind of did Chanticleer stuff, you know, Grayson McCall stuff at times, but it really didn't look like the old Chanticleer team. Yeah, uh, Chanticleers are not quite what they used to be, it doesn't seem like. Uh, I don't know if uh, was Jamie Chadwell getting out of town before things started to go downhill a little bit. It's hard to say. I mean, they still have Grayson McCall, but you remember those teams 
that were really, really good a couple of years ago. It was really their defense, those crazy molded linebackers and everybody who was really kind of, you know, driving the ship for them big time. And yeah. And Darren Granger, I don't know what else you can say about him. He's, he's carried that team to, to four. zero. Well, I'll tell you what, that defensive line for coastal did break through a lot, but Granger was just too elusive. Like as soon as, the Coastal Carolina defensive line busted through that Georgia State offensive line. Granger would just take off, or he'd create a play in some other way. He he did look tipped. He did look really good, and you might be right. He 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 might have cemented for the time being the best quarterback in the summer. I wonder if he could grow a mullet. <laughs> I don't know. We should ask him. If only he was at Sunbelt Media Days. <laughs> Well, if if you wouldn't have uh, gotten him sick, you know, maybe maybe he would have uh, rolled up to Sunbelt Media Days and, and been a, a star component there of Funbelt Podcast. Missed opportunity. Saturday morning, we got to go to Lower Alabama and see Troy against Big Red, Western Kentucky. The Trojans dominated the game statistically but only got a 27-24 win over Western Kentucky. Watson, Gunnar Watson, 349 yards and one touchdown. Kamani Vidal, 156 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, tip to top, they they were all over the all over this game, but just unable to really effectively put the game away. I'll tell you one thing though. This is the one game I really missed. Like, I, I totally struck out. I really thought Western Kentucky just had too much offense for Troy's defense to keep up with. And quite frankly, even you're right, the, the score, they never did get away from Western Kentucky. But I thought Western Kentucky might get away from Troy. And actually, Troy's performance did impress me a little bit, kind of reaffirmed that maybe Troy isn't as much trouble as I thought Troy was in. Yeah, Austin Reed, quarterback who normally puts up big numbers, was just okay against Troy's defense. And, you know, that probably was the difference in the game because, you know, Gunnar Watson, talk, I was surprised that he was able to put up that kind of yardage two weeks in a row. You know, JMU's uh, secondary is a little suspect, and he had big numbers against them. To do it against Western Kentucky, maybe, maybe he's in that conversation too if we start talking about the 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 good quarterbacks in this league. Maybe he, maybe he's, maybe he's crawling up there. I don't know. He, he he's definitely he's serviceable. The, yeah, he's in the good stratosphere. He throws so many picks. You know, you just don't know. You know, you just, I, I don't know. I feel like the defense is still the star of Troy. Do you feel that way, Tibbs? Do you feel like Troy is still a defense team? I don't know what to think of them. I I, I feel like this week they were offensive. Next week they might be defensive. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've played a complete game to say that Troy is Troy. I feel like that it's it's very much a week by week. What do you, let's see what we get out there on the field. I, I think that in the James Madison game, honestly, I think that that was a better defensive team than what we saw this week. They were obviously all offensive. Four straight weeks of P5 wins for the Sunbelt Conference as Marshall took down Virginia Tech 24-14. Rashida Lee, the offensive story, 174 yards, two touchdowns. 
but it was that defense that really held on late. Marshall jumped out to that big lead in the game and then just had to kind of hold on for dear life in the second half. What'd y'all see out of that game that really impressed y'all? Well, kind of what you saw, defense. You know, Cam Fancher still to me, the jury's still out with him. Of course, uh, uh, Rashid Ali is is the man. I think he was the Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Week this week. Just a great player. Uh, but even he had trouble. I saw him get nailed in the backfield a few times. To me, it's that Marshall defense. I mean, those guys are going to be known for that defense this year as they were last year. Uh, I, I I forget who who they have next. Is it JMU that they have next? Uh, no. Okay, well, never mind. Old, old Dominion. Very, oh, Marshall and yeah. Old Dominion. Okay, I know the JMU is coming up, but I feel like that's going to be a pretty good defensive struggle. But, yeah, I watched a, a, a pretty big chunk of that game. And, one, Virginia Tech's not good. <laughs> they're Virginia technically they play football but but they're not very good this year uh it, it was good that that Marshall took care of business against Virginia Tech I don't know if it's a sig- signature win though yeah I mean to me the the worry I mean it's good that they got through this game with Cam Fancher throwing two interceptions but that's that's what you don't want him to do. You want him to just manage the game, not turn it over. You're not going to get 400 yards passing from that guy. If you can get, you know, one touchdown through the air and no interceptions, I think they're in fairly good, fairly good shape. But, you know, to, to escape against a power five team with Fancher throwing a couple interceptions, I think they probably got to feel pretty fortunate to have uh, held on in that one. Yeah, well, regardless, you know, good shape, right? The four and oh, uh, four and zero, right? Are they four and zero? Three and zero. They've already had a bye. They, they beat the bye okay. though, so technically four and zero. They beat the bye, so four and zero. Yeah, so so it's still in great shape. You know, you got like the team. Uh, you, 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 well, I guess we'll have to see if Fancher is the guy or not. I just don't know, but still, great performance, great win. We talked earlier about Darren Granger doing Darren Granger things. Yeah. The Eagles, Georgia Southern. We finally got to see Davis Brin doing Davis Brin things. 344, four touchdowns. It wasn't even that close of a game as they destroyed the Cardinals 40 to three. And and really that three was was kind of a gimme late. I was impressed with this. I mean, I felt like this was a full dominating performance by Georgia Southern. Really helped them to solidify that pushing down of the the Mac conference below the Sun Belt. I love the game. It was great. It was a little boring to watch because they were so dominant, but it was still overall a great great game for Georgia Southern. Yeah, to me, more, a bigger danger right now to James Madison isn't Marshall, it isn't Georgia State. It's Georgia Southern. These guys play defense and they play a whole lot of offense. If Davis Brin isn't throwing a bunch of of interceptions, you know, they're looking at 4-0. They this is one of these teams that I find to be the most fascinating in the Sun Belt East, maybe in the entire Sun Belt. I don't know what you think about that, Shane. That was kind of my my observation that this team in the next three ga- three games that JMU has, this might be the most dangerous one they have. Yeah, quite possibly. Cause 
like you were saying before, Davis Brin doing Davis Brin things. I think the jury's still out on if the Davis Brin thing is <laughs> the four touchdowns or if it's the five interceptions. And, you know, going back to his, you know, history at Tulsa, there was some of both from him. If they can get more consistency, more games like this, where he's not turning the ball over, Georgia Southern is going to be really tough to beat. Guys, a win is a win is a win. Okay. It doesn't matter. There's no style points as long as you have more more points than the other team. It's a win. Old Dominion got a win on Saturday, ten to nine against Texas A and M Commerce. It was scoreless at the half, and really, A and M Commerce scored late. I think it was just under a minute to play. Did did the ballsy thing you got to do when you're on the road and 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 the little guy going for the big guy went for two didn't quite get it, but man that was a ugly ugly game. Old Dominion they were dominated. They had the ball eleven minutes less than the Lions. Didn't get to run as many plays as the Lions. Five of twelve on third down conversions. Had seven penalties for 88 yards, rushed for just 15 yards on the day. Yeah, I ODU's homecoming was somewhat ruined by Tropical Storm. They canceled basically everything but the football game. And the Monarchs played like they canceled the football game, too. Like they, they just didn't look like they wanted to be there. Um, other than, you know, Lamarian James, who keeps making huge plays for this team with the game saving interception on the two point conversion that would have won it. I, yeah. If you're ODU, you kind of just want to forget this ever happened and move on and yeah, take the win and never think of it again. Yeah. yeah I like the post game conference with Ricky Roddy having to like chastise social media fans for saying mean things about the team. I mean, the, anytime that your post game conference is, is a lecture to, social media people it's 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 going to be bad uh you know speaking of social media you know you're kind of watching the odu social media guy you know posting the scores and it's kind of funny you know, zero to zero zero to three you're like what is happening here with texas a&m commerce being so good with odu and what i think what didn't they end up pulling the starting quarterback after he threw like four interceptions. I mean, Grant Wilson had three interceptions, three, 70 okay. yards, five of 11. I mean, yeah. And the other guy had to come in and, and he, he had much better numbers. And just, you just have to wonder, you know, after beating Louisiana, you know, you kind of thought that maybe ODU wasn't as bad as we had all made it out. And we kind of felt silly. Right. And now maybe, I don't know, maybe they were lucky against the Cajuns. And yeah, I know we I, don't preview it, games on this show, but wouldn't it be the most ODU thing that they go and beat Marshall this upcoming week? Yes, because ODU is the weirdest, oddest team in the Sun Belt, and that could absolutely 100% positively happen. Yeah, if they do, I think you probably end up writing that one off as a weather weird weird weather game, and if not, um, I don't know. You probably have some concerns if you're a Monarch fan. Nobody wants to play ODU because you don't know what ODU going to get. Are you going to get kind, Mr. Or Dr. Jekyll, or evil Mr. Hyde? You just don't know. I told y'all 
the Jaguars were not for real. <laughs> and they showed it again, losing to the Chips 34-30. Everybody had a great game. It was just a matter of South Alabama unable to close out the game there in the fourth quarter, giving up 14 points. I mean, Carter Bradley, 17-27, two touchdowns, 254. LaDamian Webb, 68 yards, two touchdowns. Everybody's doing their part. They just didn't defensively close out the game. Yeah, and, you know, the heartbreaking thing about that, Tibbs, it was in Mobile. I mean, how do you not in front of the home crowd put away the chips? But you don't underestimate the chips, and maybe that's what happened. I, I wrote that in my little review that maybe they're looking ahead to this next game. I believe they got <clears throat> JMU next game. Did I get that right this time? They do, yes. Yeah, so yeah, they, I might have been looking ahead. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, it might be too early to know what to make of Central Michigan, too. I mean, they played a, a weird – kind of a weird schedule. Or, I mean, not necessarily weird, but, you know, they played uh, Notre Dame, Michigan State, lost both those games. Uh squeaked by a New Hampshire team that seems like they're one of the better FCS programs this year. So, you know, maybe they're actually decent. It's hard to say, but in South Alabama has got to win that game at home, especially when you've got a lead late. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I think the Sun Belt came out with a stat of like, we're seven of nine for out of conference games for week four. It really should have been nine for nine. I know we're about yeah. to get to the other game, but my God, to lose that at home against the Chips. And yeah, the Chips, you don't know if they're a good team or not. And historically, they have been pretty good. But man, you had that in the bag, Kane Womack, and you blew it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that, that does lead us into that other, the <laughs> other one. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should talk a little bit about the other one. The other, it's it's a nameless game there. The other one, the other one. Wyoming comes from behind mm. to beat the Nears 22-19. Once again, App State dominated the game, nearly doubling the total yards that the Cowboys had. Just one play difference. And 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 here's another crazy stat in that. Okay. App State doubled up the yardage on Wyoming. Time of possession, App State, 40 minutes, 25 seconds. Cowboys, 19 minutes, 35 seconds. Barely uh, just over a quarter. Wow. Just over a quarter. Yeah, That's I didn't I get a chance. I didn't get a chance to watch this one. I'm just, you know, I'm looking at how it ended basically by the box score and the game tracker, and it's just kind of hard to fathom how you, you not only get the field goal blocked for the go-ahead winning touchdown, but then you drive down and you you have the opportunity to at least tie it and you don't even get a chance to kick that field goal. I mean, it's just couldn't couldn't have ended more more upsettingly. And if you're, the, if you're a mountaineer. Didn't the count with 12 seconds? Yeah. And then the Cowboys get a oh yeah, yeah, pick yeah. And then did the Cowboys get a a kick return for a touchdown or so did they get a special teams touchdown too? Maybe I'm just thinking of the uh, of the of the of the block punt. No, they said a seventy five 
they had a 75 yard run and then yeah the 62 yard field goal uh recovery for okay. the TD and that was the go ahead points wow yeah you know but, watching this on stat track the whole time it looked like the mountaineers had it in hand although it was a little surprising that they weren't scoring a lot of points on them tibbs i mean you were talking about how the time of possession and the and the the, the dominating stats the one thing that wasn't really dominating were the touchdowns and the scores and you got to be wondering if the fans in Boone, who are the one of the pickiest fan bases you'll ever come across, Shane, you might not you might want to not weigh in on this because you're already <laughs> in trouble with the fans at Boone. But those guys are really picky, and you have to be wondering if Sean Clark is feeling some of the heat. Possibly. I mean, it's just Laramie is a very, very, very difficult place to win. So when you yes. play well enough to win there and you don't, it's just I mean, it's just twisting the knife that much more. Speaking of twisting knives, there yeah. were tridents thrown. Mm. There was a lot of rushing, a lot of passing yardage. The Bobcats put up <laughs> 574 yards on the night yeah. to win 35-24, come from behind win over Nevada, TJ Finley, 295, two touchdowns and a pick. But Ishmael Madaldi, I think is how you say his last name, 216, two touchdowns, including a long of 46 yards. Guys, these Bobcats are for real. Yeah, I thought that running back was going to get the SBC player of the week with that performance. Listen, Bobcats were down 17-0 early in the game. I mean, it looked like it looked like it was going to be a shocking upset. And I, th- yeah, I was with the at, in the press box at Arkansas State. We're like, okay, well, maybe this is the game where we kind of see where the weaknesses lie for the Bobcats. And GJ Kinney and his team just kind of shrugged and said, "All right, readjust." Came back with more offense. Finley was awesome. I think they got Hornsby in there a little bit too. Uh, let's face it, guys, the Bobcats are for real. And uh, if South Alabama keeps screwing around, and if Troy has some kind of weakness that they, that they may be they they may have it might be the bobcats we see when the dust settles yeah and let's not underestimate that right now it looks like the sunbelt and the mountain west are the two best g5 mm. conferences and so this week was huge with you know three head to head matchups app state didn't get it done for a while it looked like Texas State was not heading in the right direction, and they ended up like, you know, salvaging it. To we'll talk about the other game, but spoiler alert: the conference went two and one against the Mountain West, which very easily could have been three and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's a big thing. Just when you're talking the Sun Belt as a whole, yeah. So salvage the dignity, but also salvage what is a really has turned out to be a magic season in San Marcos. Yeah. Jeremy got the the luck of the Irish, I guess, or the luck of the Red Wolves, as yeah. the Red Wolves won their first Sunbelt Conference game of the year, 44-37 over Southern Miss, despite Frank Gore going over 100 yards, 132 yards, one touchdown. What did you see there, Jeremy? Uh, I saw a team that one player has completely transformed everyone. I'm talking about like wide receivers are no longer dropping passes. 
cornerbacks are no longer getting burned. Linebackers are making title, uh, making tackles. Even the band is on key because we've got this freshman quarterback named Jalen Rayner, true freshman. I think he might still be 17. He was 17 a few months ago. He might still be 17. He's out there making passes. He's out there making runs. Five total touchdowns against Southern Miss, who was also desperate. They were a desperate team coming into Jonesboro. They were like, we've got to get a win. And Arkansas State's a great place to get a win. And they just couldn't get it done. At one point, Arkansas State had a 17-point lead, and they blew that 17-point lead. Southern Miss came marching back behind, guess who? Frank Gore. The guy is an animal. He hits you, and then he keeps going. I mean, it's just like yak yards for Frank Gore is, is crazy yards for Frank Gore. It's just crazy to watch him. But then Arkansas State settled down. Jalen Rayner pumped a couple more touchdowns. And it was a great win for Arkansas State. Great win for Butch Jones. Uh, it was finally time to win a Sunbelt game that wasn't against the Warhawks. Yeah, I Thank mean, you for that I trip. know we're, we're not previewing next week or beyond. I, I realize that. But after week two, I was wondering if Arkansas State could win more than one game this year <laughs> yeah and now i'm looking at their like schedule for the next few weeks and i'm like are they gonna be four and four five and three like at some point like i mean they could uh it it looks like a completely different team and i don't even quite know where it came from yeah it, you know what what it all boiled down to was that the previous two starting quarterbacks for all the talent they have could not connect with the passing game rainer not only can he run, make plays with his feet, but he can also make very accurate passes. It's actually kind of stunning to see him in action. I asked Butch Jones, what took you so long to start this guy? And he was like, he, he had, went through his long, usual Butch Jones speak and then finally settled on, and he's just 17. <laughs> you know, so he's just a kid. Why would you throw, why would you give the keys to this kid, he doesn't even know hardly how to shave, let alone, you know, run a college football program. But the kid did it. So there's a lot of enthusiasm right now in Jonesboro. And uh, we're hoping it continues against the Minutemen next week. Raging Cajuns closed out the MAC schedule, downing a Buffalo 45-38. They ran all over them quite literally with Jacob Cabote and the De- Delin Washington, each going over 100 yards. Kabodi with two touchdowns in that. Zeon Chris still behind center with uh, Ben Wooldridge being out. 249 yards, two picks, one touchdown. It was, a, it was a pretty balanced attack there for the Cajuns, almost a straight 50-50 down the mark as they tallied just about 520 yards of offense. It was a good win, but I, I think that there was a whole lot more that was kind of left on the table with that passing game more than anything. Yeah, you know what? Just kind of watching the game uh, via stat tracker, it looked like like the Cajuns had that game in hand for most of the game, and then the defense started start giving up points late. So I don't know what happened at the end there, and I don't know what happened with the passing. But, uh, uh, you know, my Coach D – Coach Michael D, I'm not even going to try his name because I always butcher it. He didn't seem too excited about that win in today's press conference. He was kind of like a win is a win 
So I don't know. What'd you think about that, Shane? Did you, did you note that as well? Yeah, I, I did. And, you know, I might be with him a little bit. I mean, I thought it was going to be maybe a two or three score oh. game and ended up being, you know, per, pretty darn close and giving up 38 points to Buffalo team that had trouble putting up points on anybody, I think is probably, probably the main concern there. Yeah, because when you think of Cajuns, well, at least when I thought think of Cajuns over the last few years, the defense with their, especially with their linebackers, has always just been exceptional, and that doesn't seem to be the case this year. I don't know. I don't know if the Cajuns are back, you know, after losing the ODU, but then picking up the big win the next week. It seemed like maybe they were back, but uh, I think the uh, I think the verdict's still out there, Tibbs. Closing out the the week. Four, week five schedule. Wow. Yeah. Where? Where? Four. Where's? Oh, it's week four. Man, what? Whatever. Four, five. Week, week zero. It's going by too quickly anyway. James Madison, Utah State. This game was pretty evenly matched across the board. Both teams putting up over five hundred yards of total offense. Yeah. Time of possession was within a few seconds of one another. I think the real difference of why it was closer than it probably should have been two picks there by McLeod for the Dukes still through for 364, four touchdowns, then three fumbles The the backs just unable to hold on to the ball, but it was a costly win for the Dukes. They lost. Uh, was it Tidwell? Kidwell, Nick Kidwell. Kidwell. Offensive yeah. line. Yeah. Right tackle. Um, Probably the 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 one NFL prospect on the offensive line. Um, yeah, that's that's a tough loss. Um, it is one area where JMU can probably afford to lose somebody with the depths they have. But but you know it was you know one of probably the top ten or fifteen players on the team. Like if you rank everybody, uh, so that. That hurts. We'll see what happens when they end up shuffling some guys around a little bit on the offensive line to to make up for that. Yeah, just sort of watching that that game from afar, it looked like James Madison was going to pretty much embarrass Utah State in Logan. And then something happened where it was like Utah State to sort of figured something out and then started scoring points. Yeah, I mean, the first quarter and a half was about as dominant as you're ever going to see from JMU. Um, and it wasn't even like, oh, well, Utah State's making a ton of mistakes and it's piling up on them. It was just JMU completely controlling the line of scrimmage, um, which changed a little bit. But then it's also JMU secondary just continues to kind of miss assignments, give up big plays. I think that's probably the biggest concern for them right now is, yeah, there's just – times where guys aren't where they're supposed to be and it ends up being touchdowns now jam you giving up like less than 100 yards of rushing per week right but yeah the passing has been kind of crazy and to give up a total of 500 yards is sort of seems to me uncharacteristics of a duke's team that that, that has been just outstanding on defense you know we we talk about some of the strong teams out 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 east i have named the dukes the kings of the sun belt for the moment because they've had such big wins they've had such big games but man you kind of have to wonder is that defense is that something a team like a georgia southern for instance can't exploit yeah at this point you know you look at jmu and you wonder are they a team that's getting lucky to win at this point or are they a team that 
just hasn't shown how good they can be yet. And they're winning games anyway. And I, I don't really know which way it's going to go for JMU. Yeah, I know that there was some consternation on the internet about that defense, but everybody seems okay. I mean, 4-0 is 4-0, right? So already Coach Signetti's talking about the possibility of maybe finding a way to play for the Sunbelt Championship, (laughs) the possibility of getting a bowl game. I know it's only four weeks into the season, but the way JMU is playing, you got to kind of figure that that you've got to at least have those sort of visions, right? He yeah, was actually, I mean, he he was making a futures bet. Is what really he was doing on the on the sideline with that phone. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He, he's probably flipping it out because he was going to lose that bet. <laughs> but he got it. Good for Signetti. All right, we recapped the week, and it was a great week. It was a little disappointing, guys, that we didn't end up nine and nine for out of conference play. We really should have. You dropped the bag, Mountaineers. You dropped the bag, Jags, which we've come to expect from the Jags, right? I don't. Tibbs is still marshalling his bitterness about the Jags, and maybe well so. But maybe this bitterness is better placed in plugs, promos, and parting shots. Tibbs, I hand the conch to you. Haley Vaughn. Voorhees made history over the weekend. She became the first woman that was a non-kicker to play collegiate football. Oh, wow. As she came in at the safety position for Shenandoah University in Winchester, Virginia. It's a D3 school. She got a QB hurry. Is it? Yeah. Got a QB hurry against Juanita College's quarterback. History was made, guys, and it wasn't just that the Sun Belt had another P5 win. We're changing the game one bit at a time. Oh, that's very cool. You know, I remember during a GoDaddy Bowl, Kent State had a female place kicker or uh, like a field goal kicker. And we were all excited. I mean, she was warming up during half or at halftime kicking. We thought she was going to get in. And everybody in the stands was excited. Yes, we want to see, you know, this woman make history in this bowl game. Didn't happen. I thought it was a missed opportunity. Glad to see that there's still feel-good stories out there like that. And that that is the the, the big point here. It's the first non-kicking. Because there have yeah. been women before that, mm-hmm. that kicked and punted. Uh, first non-kicker to get in there. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Shane, can you top that at all? Do you just want to give up? Yeah, probably should just give up. But no, I will toss out, you know, our our former Warhawk. You guys kind of you stepped on me on Twitter before the show. You stepped on my on my parting shot. But former Warhawk Boogie Knight for my favorite team, the Soft Drink Challengers in the X League of Japan. Eleven catches, 193 yards, three touchdowns. The Soft Drink Challengers are two and zero. And looking like real challengers in the X League of American football. We had a DM from a guy that covers the X League that said he would be more than happy to come join us just for you, Uh, Shane. Let's do it. I would love to get a little more insight and inside to to that league. That would be awesome. I guess, you know, I, I guess I have a parting shot. 
I'm beginning to feel like a broken record. Okay, so here's what I'm asking you: How many win? Uh, how many uh, loss-free teams? Let's say it that way. Does the Sun Belt have? I think it's three, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's three. It's like who is it? It's, it's JMU, mm-hmm. Georgia, Georgia State. State, yeah, Marshall, yeah, and Marshall. Those are three pretty good teams, right? And all of them. Well, maybe not Georgia State, but for the most part, some big wins, right? Like some some high profile victories. The how is it that the Sun Belt is still not in the AP top twenty five? How is it that Fresno State, who beat UCLA, I guess, I guess that's supposed to be some accomplishment. How is it that the Sun Belt continues to be snubbed by the powers that be? What do we have to do? I mean, we keep saying we're the best group of five conference in the United States, and everybody seems to agree, yet we can't get our best teams within sniffing distance of a top 25 recognition, it drives me crazy. It makes me want to just like take every AP paper and tear it up. Now, t- now I know you're a Heisman voter. You're not an AP top 25 voter, right? Uh, not for football. I might okay. become one for basketball. <laughs> okay. Because Shade, I, I don't know. It's almost like a confession to murder I'm about to make. It's just like, it just drives me crazy that we have to continuously make our case every week and still be ignored. Yeah. That's, that's my parting shot. I'm surprised that there weren't more votes for the Sun Belt. I, I'm not surprised that they weren't ranked. Congrats to Fresno State. I'm glad there was some uh, G5 teams in there. but um, G5! Yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm surprised there weren't a few votes for you know, our three undefeated teams in the Sun Belt. Yeah, I don't get it. It 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 it, it just burdens me to the quick. And no matter how many times the Sun Belt acquits itself against the power five, it's just ignored. So I don't know. That's why I don't sh- know what what tips. Give me some give me some advice. That's why we start mailing out tridents to all the voters. <laughs> and cell phones. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.